Good morning. My name is Thad Lanthrop, and I am the administrative pastor here at Church in the Valley. And um, as we get started today, uh, the last couple weeks we have been we are renewing our membership. We've got a membership renewal going on, and um, there's a card that is in your program that I would like like for you to fill out. Um, and on that card, there is um, there, there's a spot on the front. Put your name and whether you would like to continue on in, in membership with Church in the Valley. Um, if you're not a member, there's a spot where you can check the box that you would like more information about being a member here. I, I just want to say thank you to our members. Um, we, we are able to do what we are able to do here at Church in the Valley because of the the sacrifice and the um, the, the support and just the work that the members put in to make things happen here at Church in the Valley. So thank you. Ever since Church in the Valley was started back in 1987, God has just faithfully brought people around Church in the Valley to help carry the, the weight and, and, and push things forward, um, at, at Church in the Valley. So thank you guys for, for all that you do. Um, being a, a, a member, um, membership is for people who have committed their life to Christ. Um, as the, their Lord and Savior, the boss of their, their life. Um, and it's also for people who are, are set on using the, the Bible as their guide for, for living. Um, and so if you would like to be, uh, to continue on in membership, go ahead and fill that card out. Check yes, I'd like to. Um, and then if you'd like more information, go ahead and, and, and let us know as well. On the back, there's a spot, there's a membership. Um, the, the CIV membership covenant is on the back for you to just check out and, and see that as well. Well, I am, I am glad that you guys have joined us this Sunday, this Super Bowl Sunday. Um, today we are going to be wrapping up our convinced message series. This series has been, been taking a look at how life flows out of our beliefs and ideas. We're all convinced about something. The key is to be convinced about the right things. And in case you're, you're joining us for the first time today, I'm going to give you a quick recap on, on where we've been in this series, and then where, um, and then we'll, we'll get into what we're doing today. In week one, we looked at the impact uh, that the life of a convinced person can have. We looked at the, the impact that can be had when somebody is convinced that the Bible is true and is real. In week two, we, we took a look um, at how to become convinced of the right things. Um, we all have convinc- convictions, and they, come from, they can come from a, a variety of, of different places. And so in week two, we, we looked at how to be convinced of, of the right things, because God is the one who, who guides us in getting to know him, um, getting to know him more, and trusting in him is the key to laying the foundation for, for being convinced of the right things in, in life. And then last week, we got to hear from some members of, of Church in the Valley, and we got to hear about the impact of, of living a convinced life, that impact that that has on just everyday life. And so today, what we're going to be doing is we're going to be taking a look at what it means to be convinced over the long haul. Being convinced in in the long the long term. Over the last few weeks, we've we've defined convinced as the one who's built as as a person who has built their convictions on the Bible. And so basically, we're saying 
A convinced person is somebody who, who reads the Bible, learns from, from it, and tries to apply it into every aspect of their life. So, um, as, as we're going to be uh, getting, getting going today, the, the, anal- the analogy that is the, the easiest to, to choose, now it's Super Bowl Sunday, but we're going to use a different sports analogy, um, that's going to be the easiest to talk about the uh, being convinced over the long trail, and that's going to be running. Now, specifically, it's going to be long-distance running, like, like a marathon, something like that. Now, you, may, you might be thinking, oh, gosh, he's talking about running. I hate running. Yeah, that's me. So um, I, I can, I can uh, be there with you on, on that. Or you might be thinking, oh, yes, finally, talking about running. I, I love running. People usually fall into to two camps. They run or they don't run. There's not a lot of in-between there um, as, as where people are, are falling in. Now, a marathon is 26.2 miles. So you run 26.2 miles for fun. <laughs> to me, it, it, there, there's more things I would rather be doing for fun than running 26.2 miles, but that's that some people are, enjoy that and get through it. And now, like I said, I'm not a runner. I, I, I haven't run a marathon before. Um, but there's some key insights that we can find from, from running and doing long-distance running. Now, the, what the experts say that you need to do to run a marathon, there, there's a plan that you have to take to, to run a marathon. And the experts say that, um, one, you have to have a good training plan. You have to work your way up to the distance. You don't just say, I'm going to run a marathon, and tomorrow you run the marathon. There would be, there would be some issues with that, some physical limitations, and you'd probably hurt yourself. So you have to have a good training plan. You have to have the right gear. Uh, shoes are important. You're going to be on your feet a lot, so you have to have the right gear. Also, a support group is really helpful. People to run with, encourage you when you're not feeling like training or, or going through it. Support group really helps. And then time. It takes a lot of time to train. takes a lot of time to prepare um, for the run. takes a lot of time to run 26 miles. Um, you know, you can go 60 miles an hour in a car, and it takes 26 minutes to, to do that. So you can imagine running. Um, 26 miles. And then diet and nutrition is, is key. That's very important. And the list can go on and on. Now, for, for any marathon, the goal is to finish. You might have a plan. You might think that I want to do it in this amount of time. But once you get on the race, once you get going, you just, you just want to finish. And that's what we're talking about today is how do we finish well? How do we live how do we live lives that are convinced of the right things over the long haul? Whether you're investigating following Christ today or if you've been walking with God for, for a while now, the goal in, in today is really to help clarify what walking with God means and to, to bring clarity to how to um, walk with God over the long haul. So as, as we dive in today, as we, as we look at the, the scripture that we're going to be looking today the, in the Bible, one thing that we find, one principle that we find is that enduring faith is key to living convinced over a lifetime. In Hebrews 11, we're not going to be looking at any verses in Hebrews 11, but the whole chapter of, of Hebrews 11 takes a look at the heroes of the faith in the Bible. 
And what, what, it, <clears throat> what it does is it takes a look at the lives of Noah, of Abraham, Joseph, Samuel, and, and it, it continues on. But it takes a look at these heroes and it gives us something to shoot for. It gives us an example to follow. It gives us something, um, some people to look at. They faced a lot of opposition um, and, and it helps us to um, know what we're shooting for. Endurance in the Bible is, is a key attitude. It's, it's a key attitude that God blesses when we choose to endure. And in the Bible, the, actually, the, the idea that comes out of endurance is really patient endurance, um, perseverance. And what that, that is, it's the ability to hang in there under the pressure and the weight of life, as opposed to letting the weight crush us or just running away from it and escaping from it. So it's that idea of patiently waiting under the weight of life. If a person endures, then they can keep going until the test is over or until the race is over. They can keep persevering until the pressure lets up. I'm faced with that challenge quite often. Am I going to quit or am I going to keep pressing on? I face it many times a day at work, at home with my kids. Am I going to keep pressing on and, and trying to help train them and, and, and help them grow? Or am I just going to check out? I'm sure you, you all can relate. That thought comes up, okay, do I keep pressing on or, or do, I, do I quit? And so it's really important for us to take a look at what the Bible has to say about endurance and how to hang in there over the lifetime. So let's take a look at Hebrews 12, 1 through 3. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured from sinners such hostility against himself, so that you may not grow weary or faint-hearted. So here in these verses, we, we learn that to remain convinced, we must remember those who endured before us. Hebrews 12, 1a, the, the first part of Hebrews 12, 1 says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by a, so great a cloud of witnesses. Now, again, this is talking about Hebrews 11. It's, it's talking about um, those heroes of, of the faith. In, in our culture, in our, our society, some of the things that, that help us to remember um, some of our heroes and, and some of the, the people that have gone before us is war memorials. Um, there, when, when I go to a war memorial, when I see the inscription, um, uh, the, the names of the people that have, have gone before me, that sacrificed their, their lives for our, my freedom, I can't help but be, but be um, inspired, inspired to do something bigger than, than just me and myself. So there's a picture here of, 
um, a, a war memorial. This is a World War II memorial in, um, in Washington, D.C. But there's something about that that inspires me. It calls me, me forward to do something greater than just living for what I want in, in my needs. And this is, this is what the, the examples in, in Hebrews 11 should do for us. They should call us forward. They should, no matter what these heroes were facing, they pressed on. They kept the faith with God. Now, the author of, of Hebrews there, he, he says there's a, there's a great crowd of witnesses. And that word, the, the New Testament was written in Greek. And that word for witnesses there um, in the Greek is martis. And that word is, is actually um, where we get the English word martyr from. And so these examples, these heroes of, of the faith, you know, many of them were martyred because of their faith. Many of them were um, killed because of their faith. But no matter what, what happened to them, no matter what the circumstances, what obstacles, they kept the faith. They kept pressing on. And that should call us forward to keep pressing on as well. So as we press on in life, we need to remember these witnesses um, that have gone before us. And if we're going to, to endure, we also need to keep dealing with obstacles. Hebrews 12.1, um, it, it talks about this. It, it continues on. So we saw the first part of 12.1, as we read that earlier. Now the second part of, of 12.1 says, let us also lay aside every weight. Um, now, the idea there, you know, weight hinders, I, I'm thinking like ankle weights. You're trying to run with ankle weights, and you're just feeling, feeling heavy and weighed down. Let us lay aside um, every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. So the, the writer here is saying, lay that stuff aside. Lay, lay all that stuff aside. And in order to do um, that, we actually need, in order to deal with the obstacles, you need to slow down, stop, and deal with them. Because these obstacles can very easily pull us off track. And so if I'm going to endure, then one of the things that I need to do is I need to constantly be asking myself tough questions. Tough questions like, what's slowing me down? What's slowing me down in this race? Is there some, some fear that is, is slowing me down? It's freezing me from, from moving forward? Maybe a fear of failure or fear of what others might think of me or, or something else? Or is there something that, that I know what I need to do, but I'm delaying obedience on? Is there something like that? One of my favorite thing, or one of the favorite things that my son likes to say at the dinner table right now is, I think I'll like that, that vegetable when I get older. I, I think I'll, I'll like that when I get older. Now it's a ploy to not eat his vegetables. Like I, I will at some point. I'm going to eat my vegetables. But that's, that's, that's something that, that we do as adults. There's something we know we need to do to obey but we're delaying it, and it slows us down. Another question um, to, to ask ourselves is, what hangs me up? Is, is there 
some sin patterns that that could hang me up? Is is there um, some struggles that I that I have that are keeping me from moving on? Are there some past experiences that I'm holding on to and not giving up? I'm not letting go of them and it's hanging me up. One of the things that 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 can hang me up that um, I I deal with quite quite a bit is just laziness. I I that is one of the sin patterns that I have really had to try and, and work on. And about seven years ago, God really spoke to me and said, "You really need to work on this. You need to get better at being productive." And specifically, just my my work ethic when I had the choice of like free time or or of the choice of, of what I wanted to do. Because free time to me at the time, that basically equaled nap time. So free time equals nap time. That was what I was buying up the opportunity to do whenever I would get the, the chance. So because I didn't really trust myself um, with my free time because I kept choosing nap time, I just decided I'm just going to I'm just going to commit to more things than I think I can handle and see what happens. And so through that, um, God really helped me to work on my laziness because I committed to more things than I thought I could do. And God showed me that I could do them. And it helped me to build my, my endurance. It helped me to, to work past some of the, the laziness and the things that, that I was choosing to spend my time on in, the, in my free time. And this is the type of thing that asking these questions can, can help you do. It can, it can show you some of the hang-ups that, that, that you have in, in, your, in your life. Some of the things that are, are slowing you down. It might not be fun. It, it might not be easy. I didn't really, you know, when God showed me that, that I needed to work on laziness, it wasn't exactly uh, one of the, I wasn't thinking, oh, goody, I get to work on laziness now. It wasn't an exciting time for me. But... I can see the, the blessing that really came out of that. Me working on that then, now I have three kids under four, and there's, there's, I don't even know what free time is anymore until about nine o'clock. And usually when I get to nine o'clock, there's other things that need to be done. And so God really helped me to work on that, and it's really been a, a blessing as I've gone on. Another question that we need to ask ourselves is, what weighs me down? Is there a, 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 a sin pattern um, or, or something that I, I cave into, um, and then it just weighs me down. I feel the guilt of, of caving into um, this sin, and it weighs me down. It prevents me from making making progress. We feel the weight of, of our decisions, and, and it can weigh us down. And then uh, another question to ask is, what could take me out? What could take me out of the race altogether? Is it a pain, maybe? Physical pain, relational pain, emotional pain? Could that take me out? Uh, maybe it's a failure. You, you think God's really into something. He's really um, into what you're doing, and then you fail. Can that take you out of the race, get you discouraged and, and take you out? Or could success take you out? You have success in work or in, in some areas in life, and... Um, all of a sudden, you feel like you, you don't need to walk with God as, as closely anymore. All of these questions can really help us to, to deal with the obstacles that we're facing. To, they can help us 
to endure to the end. Obstacles are they're a part of life. We, we have to deal with them. I've, I've gone through a couple obstacles this week in, in, in my life. One of them is our, our printer at work just stopped, stopped working. And it stopped working at a key time on Wednesday. We do all our printing on Thursday. The repair guy couldn't get there till Thursday. And so we had to endure and, and push past um, getting everything printed for, for Sunday morning. Um, it, it got fixed. You might notice there might be some yellow dots on your, your handouts there. That's, uh, we're still got to get that all fixed out. But so that, that, that's why those are there. So that doesn't be a distract and, distraction for you. But we had to endure past that. Then yesterday I was shopping with my family and my son got sick in the store on me and on the floor. And fortunately, we buy a trash can, so it wasn't too bad. But he got sick. We had to endure past that and push on and keep going. Obstacles are going to come up. They happen all the time. But God will allow things to happen in our lives and he'll allow them to test our faith to grow our faith, and to make us more dependent on him. Whatever the reason that they happen, we have to deal with them. And if we deal with the obstacles rightly, our faith will grow. Because God's word will prove too true to us as we take a step out to apply it. And he comes through. Another thing that, that Hebrews 12 is telling us, Um, that we need to do to remain convinced is to focus on Jesus and his example. Hebrews 12, 2 through 3 says, Looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, he was dishonored, he was disgraced on the cross. So he's despising the shame and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured, who endured from sinners such hostility against himself, so that you may not grow weary or faint-hearted. Jesus did perfectly what none of us could ever do on our own power. Jesus came down from, from heaven, lived a perfect life, never doing anything wrong, never sinning. And all he was met with was hostility. But he dealt with it all and paid for our sins by dying on the cross for us. And that's something that none of us could ever fully do. We've all made mistakes. We've all sinned. But Jesus came, lived a perfect life for us. So whenever we think the the pressure that we're under, the tests, that, that we're under is, is too hard. It's too, it, it's getting um, t- to be too much to handle. Whenever we think that, we have the example of Jesus to look to. And we can be called forward by his example. My life gets difficult. I'm, I'm sure your life gets difficult too. Might even seem unbearable at times. But what he endured is unimaginable. Nails, thorns, mocking, beatings, exhaustion, abandonment, weakness, lack of oxygen, 
being forsaken. When I read about Jesus' life in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the first four books in the New Testament, when I read about that, when I remember that example, I can take whatever gets thrown at me in this life. Because my Savior set the example of endurance for me. And with that example, I can realize that I can endure with his help. The purpose of this series has has been to encourage you to live a a convinced life of of the right things, being convinced of the right things. So why? Why have we, we taken these last four weeks to do that? Because like we've talked about throughout this series, our convictions are the foundation for our life. We all live based on our convictions. We spend our money based on our convictions. We choose our relationships based on our convictions. We make our decisions based on our convictions. Our life flows out of what we're convinced of. And if we base our convictions on the truth of the Bible, God allows us to be a part of his eternal, unchanging kingdom. Now, we looked at Hebrews 2, 1 through 3 earlier, and as that chapter goes on, uh, as chapter 12 um, goes on, uh, the, the author talks about the hardships that come up in life, and he gives perspective of, of how to, to deal with it. And then at the end of the chapter, the author goes on to describe how God has been faithful, and he has not changed over time. And he concludes with this verse, Hebrews 12, 28 and 29. Therefore, let us be grateful for receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. And thus, let us offer to God acceptable worship with reverence and awe, for our God is a consuming fire. Being convinced the Bible is true means that you're a part of something that cannot be shaken for all of eternity. That perspective makes it, it makes it easier to remember the examples of those that have, have kept the faith before us. It, it makes it easier to deal with the obstacles as we stumble on this race. And it makes it easier to follow the example of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Because the span of this life is nothing compared to the span of eternity. And we can finish the race well with the perspective that that we will get a greater reward being a part of God's kingdom forever in heaven. You might be sitting there and and thinking, "I, I can't adopt that perspective because I'm not convinced. I'm not convinced yet that the Bible is real. If that's true of you, I just want to encourage you. Take the time to investigate what Christianity is all about. Take the time to really figure this thing out. Because the the impact, the implications of that investigation are eternal. They go on forever. Maybe you you need to just start by digging into the Bible. Digging into the Bible. Seeing what what God um, has to say about Christianity. What what this is about. If if that's where you're at, if you need to start somewhere, um, I'd I'd suggest starting um, with the Bible in a jar. John, Acts, and Romans will give you a good overview of, of Jesus' life and, and the, the New Testament. If that's where you're at, start there. Or maybe you've already investigated quite a bit. 
you've, you've, you've got a lot of your questions answered and it's time, it's time to make that step of, of faith and choose to, to follow Christ for the first time. If you're already in the race walking with God, I want to encourage you to continue to grow and ask God to show you the areas in your life that you're holding back from him. The obstacles that are keeping you from, from pressing on in the race. Don't get stall, stalled out by some of the obstacles that are coming your way. Deal with them as they come and charge on in the race towards your reward in heaven for eternity. As I wrap up the, the message today, go ahead and pull out that connection card that Matt mentioned earlier. Um, and you can finish filling out anything on that connection card that, that you would um, you would like to, to fill out. And I also like to ask the worship team uh, to come back up on the stage. And the, the ushers are going to start preparing the, to receive the offering here in a little bit. But take this time to finish completing any of that information. And you, there might be some next steps that you want to check that are on the back of that connection card. Um, one of the next steps that you might want to take today is for the first time, get, give my life to Christ and follow him as my Lord and Savior. Maybe today you, you've investigated, you've taken a look at, at things, and that's, that, that's your step that you want to take today. Another one might be to memorize Hebrews 12, 1 through 3. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, <clears throat> let us also lay aside every weight. And <clears throat> excuse me, let us also lay aside every weight <clears throat> and sin which clings so closely and let us run with endurance. Thank you. This will help me endure through the last part here. Let us also <clears throat> run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to him, <clears throat> looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured from sinners such hostility against himself, so that you may not grow weary or faint-hearted. Or um, another next step that you, that you might have is to identify any obstacles um, and ask God for help. Would you pray with me? Lord, we just thank you for the opportunity to come here together and worship you. We thank you for the the chance and the opportunity that you give us to be a part of your kingdom, of your eternal, unchanging kingdom. I pray that you would help uh, those of us who are walking with, with God already to hold on to our faith, to press forward in the race. And if, if there's those who are investigating Christianity, I pray that you would uh, help them to, to do that and to, to seek you and find you. But we just pray for uh, endurance to, to finish this race well that you have given us. Pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.